Hay Kings podcast, sponsored by Vermeer, your expert in hay and forage equipment. Today on the Hay Kings podcast, we're joined by Kurt Clark. Kurt has a family farm in Iowa, and today we're going to be talking about that farm, but also about a piece of equipment that he got that made a pretty big difference in his operation. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Could you tell us a little bit about your farming operation? Me and my brother work together. Uh, we got row crop. Uh, we got a bunch of cows. We do some custom work, mm-hmm. custom row crop, custom baling. We do a little bit of custom silage. On your farm, I, I suppose you're not first-generation farmers? Nope. I think we're uh, third-generation. To get a little bit more specific, what part of Iowa are you in? We're uh, northwest of Des Moines. Oh, okay, okay. I've uh, been to the Farm Bureau uh, building there in Des Moines a couple of times. That is some pretty country. I like those rolling hills. Yep. We're right on the edge of flat ground and hilly ground. Gotcha. Let's dive into the beef operation just a little bit, and then we'll work our way back to the hay world. Uh, What kind of scale are we talking about? How many animals, how many bales of hay are we feeding a year? Is there any other bedding or anything like that that you do? Yep, we got uh, about 200 head of stock cows, and then a cow-calf operation all spring, spring calving. Mm -hmm. And then we background 200 head of heifers. Bring them in about six, six to seven hundred pounds. Background and breed them, sell them as bred heifers and uh, first calf heifer pairs. Are there any special considerations when you're going through that heifer backgrounding? That's something that I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we go through them pretty good. We cull out quite a few for temperament, and uh, we pelvic measure them, mm. make sure they're they're good to breed and size wise and. Anything we don't like gets cold, and so we're trying to sell the the best of the group. Producers have a lot of different philosophies on feeding cattle. Uh, I talked to a guy the other day. He's uh, just a cow-calf operation, but he's also looking at doing some uh, backgrounding. And he says, oh, all I ever do is just put up junk cow hay. And then maybe, you see, I come from the dairy side of the world where junk hay is not profitable hay. Uh, could you take me through your thoughts on hay quality as it relates to your cow herd? Yeah, yeah we try to try to get the best quality hay we can. Uh, we feed a we feed a lot of roughage in our diet, so we bale a lot of corn stalks, and then mm. we use the corn stalks as bedding. But uh, yeah, we definitely try to get the get the best quality alfalfa and get it dry, get it get it baled up right without rain on it, because that that uh that little bit of protein goes a long ways in our high roughage diet. Yeah, sure, sure. That makes sense. Now, we're going to talk about the ZR5. You you bought one of those recently, or did you did you lease it or did you buy it? I leased it. Ah, okay. Let's let's dive into this baler here. The first time you saw a ZR5, and and we've all seen videos, uh, but when you see it in person, what was your first reaction to it? It was pretty cool. It's uh it made sense when you when you look at it, it uh you you walk around it and it's it's, everything's right there, you know. You're all being all self-propelled. You're not hooking up a baler tractor, and the way it the way it drives looks easy to run. What would you liken it to in terms of uh, steering, driving? Because uh, what my my impression is, is is it it's hydrostatic motors that drive the tires on the outside, uh, the big tires on the back, right? Yep, correct. So then it's a little bit like uh, a self-propelled swather. Yep. Same concept, but maybe backwards, right? Where mm-hmm. the where the bogey wheels are in the front instead, then instead of the back. Yep. 
And how long did yep. that take to get used to as you were running it? It didn't take real long. As rough as it was when I first got in it, <laughs> it was kind of kind of hard to take off that first time. But I mean, it took me by the time I got from the driveway to the field to figure it out. And uh-huh. it didn't take a couple hundred bales. You're onto it, and it was it was easy to run. And uh, well, I'll, I'll share with you. I hopped in a swather one time, very first time in this particular swather, and just went forward and heading down the road the first quarter mile or so the the mailboxes were trying to hide behind the trees and and <laughs> and and both mailbox and mailboxes on both sides of the road were in danger <laughs> that's not the way it was with me it took me the, the whole driveway to get out the driveway <laughs> <laughs> oh boy let's take a break there and we'll get a word from our sponsor one reason we updated and went to the Vermeer, the durability on these balers has been tremendous. They are overbuilt balers. The weaknesses that we had on our other balers have been addressed, and that helps give dependability to these balers. I'm Jeff Jones, and that's the reason why I switched to the Vermeer 504R Premium Baler. See financing at baler.vermeer.com. Okay, I, I want to go back to the first walk around. What are some of the other things that stood out to you? You said it just makes sense, uh, and everything's out there. T- take me through some of the other things that are easy to get to or particularly stand out in your mind. Um, a lot of it was the operation of the machine, like the the pickup when you when you wrap a bale, the pickup stops stops running. Oh. It uh it starts wrapping that bale before it actually stops, and it stops itself when the bale gets full. Hmm. So it speeds up your wrap time, and the the bale chamber speeds up. You're a lot quicker at wrapping the bale and kicking it out. Whoa! You're you're sitting right there on top of the windrow, looking at it, so you can see. You know, on a tractor, you can't see washouts and rocks and stuff like that. You're sitting right there; you can see it. You got a you got a camera right up here in the corner. You can see your pickup the whole time, so it's it's uh, you can you can see a lot better, I guess, and makes it easier to run. When you start talking about faster wrapping times and uh, visibility, that tends to speed you up a little bit. Uh, that self propelled component makes your corners faster too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm getting to the, a question of how much faster. I'd say it's uh, a baler and a half time faster, if that makes sense. A, a baler and a half. Yeah. Like if you go to a field with two balers yep. and, it, and it takes you two hours to do the field, you could do it with one in three hours. But then you start layering in some of the other components to go along with that, like not having to have two people mm-hmm. running two tractors and two balers. Yep. Help me think through this is this is one of the things that producers struggle with a lot as they're making these big capital investments the ancillary benefits the what what else comes along with this what are you saving as you're making these decisions Yeah you're, uh, you're I mean there's a lot of little things that that add up you know instead of two bailers you're you're down to one so you're you're one less guy uh you're you're one less machine Mhm and with the machine, you got maintenance and fuel, mm-hmm. and just uh, you know capital investment in that second machine. Yep, and then the second tractor to run it, and then take me through the labor side of things. It's hard to hard to find labor, anyways. Makes it quicker to get the job done, and you can do it yourself, or just you and another guy on the hay rake. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you said something earlier that you feed a lot of corn stalks and use corn stalks for bedding. Yep, we got a big hoop barn. It's a deep bedding pack in it, so we use a lot of corn stalks in that. Oh, okay. Now, I assume you you run those through your ZR5 as well. Yes, yep. Corn stalks are notoriously rough on balers. How's <laughs> how does that go? It's not that bad. It's uh I mean when it when it comes to bailing corn stalks, it's I, I feel like it doesn't matter what you're bailing with, it's it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard on equipment. Mm-hmm. I went from uh I was running two John Deere five sixty nine premiums mm-hmm. when I when I switched to this one. You know, back to if we were running two balers, two guys. We could only run five, six mile an hour with those balers. Stepping up to this one, you could run eight, nine on big windrows. You know, you get a lighter windrow, you can run twelve mile an hour. Wow. So you're you're running faster, and it's it's easier to easier on you. And the now when you start talking about those kind of speeds, uh, ten miles an hour in a hayfield can be really, really can seem really, really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. How is the operator station? How is the suspension? I, I just I think of some of the bumps that I've hit going eight or nine or ten miles an hour, and how bad. My back can hurt sometimes at the end of the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, they can they can be rough in a tractor, and this thing rides like a Cadillac. Hmm. It's got it's got suspension in that front end that is unbelievable. <laughs> I uh, I bailed a lot of CRP the last few years, oh. and and CRP is always rough, right? And uh, it wasn't that bad. I'd slow down a little bit, but it was still smooth running. I think that's the test for hay equipment is bailing CRP. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, that stuff's rough. Can I ask you really quick, how are you? How are the crop conditions in your neck of the woods? Well, they were really good. Uh, we were late getting it in because it's so cold and wet. Uh, last night, we got six to seven inches of rain in about three hours. Ooh, whoa. Yeah, so I don't know what they're like. They deteriorated a lot last night. There's a lot of a lot of ponds and washouts now. Oh wow, that's a tremendous volume of rain. Yeah, we haven't seen that much rain that fast in a long time. Funny enough, just last night we had an inch in an hour, and we're almost in a desert where we only get 20 inches a year, and most of that comes as snow. So <laughs> we were we were having roads washing out and all sorts of stuff go wrong yesterday too. <laughs> I bet. Take me through when your hay season is. What's the earliest you've ever put up hay, and what's the latest you've ever bailed maybe corn stalks? Well, we uh, around Memorial Day, we usually start doing hay. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing a lot of rye. We bailed some, and we chopped some. The latest we've ever done it, I bailed a pasture one year, and uh, it was a kind of a, a late fall, mm-hmm. and I bailed it in... Uh, First of December, I think it was, and then it snowed on it the next day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're usually bailing corn stalks around 1st October into November. We got a, you got a pretty tight window with corn stalks, so that's, why we, that's where the baler really shines, is doing those corn stalks. You can get them done, that tight window. Help me understand that tight window. Uh, we have corn, but it all gets chopped for dairy cows in, in the Northwest. You're you're waiting for the waiting to get your corn combine to go bale it, and then once you get once you get it combined, you're you're battling rain and and snow and trying to keep them dry to get them baled. So what you're saying is you can get that work done in a in a shorter amount of time because you have that that faster baler that that uh, one point five baler, if you will. Oh yeah, yep, absolutely. Gotcha. 
We do about five to six thousand corn stock bales in the fall. We'll we'll get her done in a month month time frame there. Wow, that's a bunch. Yep, that's a bunch. Yep, I usually average around five to six hundred bales a day on a good day when I'm running hard. Now, if you're running five to six hundred bales a day, how is it fueling? Putting, I'm sure you're running net wrap. How's the lubrication system work? How's that look on a day to day basis? That's the one thing that's nice about it. It's got a it's got a grease gun on it or an automatic greaser. Mm-hmm. So you'll throw a tube of grease in it every day, or you keep one in the cab with you when it goes empty. You switch it out, and there's a couple greasers. You grease in the morning on the front end and the baler, and when you're fueling up, and it's really pretty quick to get going. Blow it off, blow the radiator and air filter out and stuff, and then you're going. Do you use a leaf blower for that, or do you uh, have an air tank on a service truck? I got an air tank on a service truck. Gotcha. Most of the time, I'm back home with it at night because it, it runs 35 mile, down, mile an hour down the road. Oh, really? So it's, it's nothing to go get home from 5, 10 miles away. That's fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little envious. There, there yeah. aren't very many tractors that run that fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it flies down the road. So when you're, when you're out running around doing small patches here and there, yeah. oh, it's, it's handy because you can get, get here and there quick. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you can pull into a small patch, you can get around quick and get it done, and out the gate you go. All right. I, I really like that that little detail there. We were talking about making this this big investment. These these pieces of equipment are, are modern. They're not cheap, and especially in this environment where everything that's made out of metal or electronics is scarce to start with and, and expensive. All things considered... The time savings, the productivity, hiring fewer people. Would you say this has been a good decision for you? Yeah, I've been pretty happy with it. It's definitely helped us help to do what we need to do and open up windows to get more done. If somebody else was thinking about buying one of these, what would you tell them? If you think you can afford it, do it. That's uh, that's a question about if you have the scale, right? Yep, if you got the work and uh, you can you can justify the payment, it's definitely worth it. Cool deal. How long have you been running this? I, I should ask that on the front end. Uh, three years now. Three years. Yep, I bought it right before right before harvest, or right before corn stock season. So I got three corn stock seasons on it. This will be my third hay season. Just just ran over twenty thousand bales on it on the chamber. I might trade the chamber off for a new one in a couple of years. Wait, you can do that? Yeah, yeah. The chamber comes off. It's real easy to get the chamber off too to to work on it and stuff like that. And you can. Uh, yeah, you can buy a new chamber and put it on there when it's wore off. How many other manufacturers have a chamber that comes off? None that I know of. Well, you just sold me on the baler. That's <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you, Vermeer. That that was a great design. I'm not a super loud advocate of right to repair and those kind of things. I do favor farmers being able to fix their own problems and not having to rely on on uh, equipment manufacturers to sell you new ones every year. That makes me very happy to hear that. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast here. Thanks for talking. 